Smoking Hot Cats against St Kilda up at the Gabba at Brisbane. 14 goals, 9.93 versus 4 goals, 10.34. I don't think the Saints kicked a goal after the second half. Amazing performance by the Cats. The first probably four-quarter display we've seen this year. With me here is Ol and Zach. How are we going, boys? Good, man. Thanks, Ro. Very happy with the win. A top four team before this game. Are they really a contender after seeing that display? Go on, I'll go for it. I want to use the P word, probably. You could probably use the P word, just the uh, pretenders, maybe. We, uh, we were quite dominant from the very start of the game. I think we found it rather uh, comfortable with the um, you know, slow, slow ball movement, slow methodical ball movement. They were playing keepings off for a good two, three minutes at the start of the game there. And the commentators are saying, you know, to Kilda can't allow this to happen. They have to be ending up or they have to be more accountable in their uh, defensive pressure. Can't allow the Cats to dictate the ball use here. First goal that we kicked, we took it the length of the ground and then pinpointed very uh, surgical kicking. And it was amazing ball movement. And then Menegola just waltzes into an open goal and drills it. That slow methodical and that efficiency that you're talking about was really pivotal because when you talk about the clearances, the inside 50, the contested ball, it was pretty much even on the stat board. Inside 50s actually went the Saints way, surprisingly, 43 to 40. I think the clearances as well, 31 even. Centre clearances, 11 to 9, Cats favour, so not much there. Stoppage clearances, 22 to 20 in St Kilda's favour. St Kilda won the contested ball, 119 to 110. So really it's when the we clinical did have nature. the ball... It's the, it's the clinical nature of when you're getting it in there. Yeah, exactly. Disposal efficiency, 77.1% to the Cats versus 64.8% yeah. to St Kilda. Yeah. So when we got it in the Ford 50, we really used it. And Zach, yeah. a lot was talked during this game on TV at the Gabba dimensions and how small the ground is and if you do really get in and out it's quite easy for a Hawkins kick to bag a five yeah no definitely I think the one of the stats that stood out for me I'm looking at it now is the efficiency in five, inside 50 65 percent of Geelong only 35 percent builder so not only did we get yeah, it in there more than they did we certainly used it a lot more efficiently forward line looked really dynamic danger resting down there looks good too he was floating around there as well his booming kick and Hawkins and Truck turned it on in one of his bursts. So I think the forward line looked really quite quite refreshing, actually. Something a little bit different. Exactly. And we'll get on to a special Chucky later. I'll keep that one. I'll save that one for myself, actually. But, yeah, the back line, as he said, really strong. We talked about St Kilda's tall timber coming into this. Max King, Membry. I know Paddy Ryder was out this game, but still a good ruck battle there for Stanley. Against Rowan Marshall, who's a formidable opponent. What a game Stanley had all. Oh, yeah, he was he was pretty solid. Nice uh, nice game against the old old team. The good mark late in the game as well. Kind of stamp his authority on that in that last quarter. But yeah, you know, when he's when he's on for Geelong, as the commentators were saying, when he's on for Geelong, he's one of the best uh, Ruckman in, in the league. 
that's that's it's just a matter of it, it, I know I know it is just a matter of when he is on, and it doesn't happen often, but he is one of the best. I I, I get that because he's surrounded by the players that maybe certain ruck yeah Max gone yeah you, you're not surrounded by the players at your disposal that that Stanley has when you are on. So when you are on, Dangerfield's lunging at it and he's going to get the handball out to Duncan or to whoever it may be. So I, I get your sentiment there, yeah. And if you look at the stats of previous years, I think it was whenever Stanley would start the season really well. DeLong would also start the season really well. And statistically, he was rated behind Max Gorn and Brody Gunn. Brody Grundy in uh, as effectively the third best ruckman in, in the in the league. So it's yeah. not it's not as if those uh, comparisons aren't unfounded when he is in form. Hit outs thirty to St Kilda's twenty eight. We've talked about the ruck issue for Geelong for two years ago, Zach. <laughs> yeah. um, much change here over the last couple of weeks. Rowan Marshall, a, a good opponent to see where Stanley's at or come future rounds? Yeah, look, oh, look, Rowan Marshall's a, a good up-and-coming player for sure. I was quite surprised when I heard Paddy Ryder was a late omission. I think he's been pretty good for St Kilda, particularly his tap work. So I was a little bit surprised at, at that selection on their part. But look, Stanley's he's just building his momentum, building his form, I think. So if he can just keep taking... All these good steps forward, you know. Hopefully, I'd love nothing more than for him to kick his straps and, you know, come the end of the year in finals, do a Brad Alton style and win us a couple of finals and turn it on for sure. One of the things that was pivotal was they really didn't have any movement forward from the center into our half, aside from when it was from a center clearance directly into the forward line. Yeah. The halfback was really, really prevented by us. There was great pressure play. Going to highlight Gary Rowan later. I know that, but all around the board. And it might not, might not show on the stats, but I thought Tom Atkins had a, a really good game. Yeah, he did some good things. Yeah, didn't didn't have the disposals, but the really good positioning. Um, really, really good to lock down. So the pressure game and the ability to rest players like danger up forward. It's just a luxury when you, you've had how many games now have we been resting him up forward against subpar opposition, even though going into this game it wasn't subpar opposition? I think, yeah, a couple, at least a couple now, yeah, for sure. Um, I also thought uh, Paula Jasny was pretty solid in his 100th game. And yeah. uh, Harry Taylor, ever reliable, of course. Yeah. Mate, you you forget the one someone who's not going to be dropped, Mark O'Connor. I I thought his game was outstanding. So he's playing on Dan Butler, who's just in red hot form for for whatever reason they're talking about him for the Coleman. I mean that's just a joke in itself. But moving on, <laughs> he's in red hot. You know he's in red hot form, and you know the size the size difference is a little bit different. I thought I took him out of the game completely. He was on the bench for a lot of the second half. I thought he was awesome tonight. Zach, I know you're Four touches for uh, Butler tonight. Yeah, four touches, exactly. And he's been in good form before tonight, but he was just nullified out of the game entirely. And and to quote Bruce, in this case, that's uh, that's not the sort of service that a Butler would like. 
And to quote Jimmy Crowder, absolute <laughs> silence to any, any Bruce because that, That's what ever. that call deserves, right? That's what yeah, that call yeah. deserves. That's what Bruce deserves. <laughs> that's what oh, a call God. from Bruce deserves. Oh. <laughs> Humbleweed. Humbleweed across the... Jeez. <laughs> he deserves some commentary from Damien Barrett. Not, That's not rather cringe, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> rather cringe. Now, moving on. No, I'd flesh that out, Zach, because I know you're licking your lips a little bit over the, the, the Gaelic prodigy that we've had. So have your GAA crack. Mark O'Connor, the most improved player we said last season and probably the, most, the least talked about player along with Jed Buse in the team. I think maybe because he's an local boy like Jack Henry that people kind of look to, I guess, jumping Jack Henry down at, at Landy Field back <laughs> the days. And uh, it's one of those players that an import, like unlike Tui, who does like the microphone a little bit, Michael kind of a bit more reserved, can plays on big, plant smalls. How do you see his development really over the last season and this season? He's he's been really good. Like I remember when when he first started, I think oh you you actually you were with me at one of the games I think, and they threw him into a lot of these um, the big games. I think it was Hawthorne when we were up in Melbourne, all one of the Queen's yep. birthday games, and they played him. And I was a little yep. bit speculative about that, but I think all those decisions a couple of years down the track are really bearing fruit. He's he's really come along nicely, and there is a bit of the unknown about him. We all know he's from Ireland, and that's not that uncommon now but he is yeah he just keeps to himself but he he gets the job done but I mean watching the game tonight like his his match awareness is good he knew knew his limitations knew when he can run or pack and spoil or to hold back and position his body you know all these little things have really really starting to show big raps on him now that's uh well, well the biggest rap is the fact he's in the leadership group mm. that's, that's the biggest rap yeah, that's a big yeah, that's a big endorsement, isn't it? I would be yeah. wrapping him up in cotton wool with 2020 and COVID that's been going on. <laughs> I wouldn't want him going home at all. Keep him no. in Geelong. Keep him in Australia. <laughs> Not allowed to leave the state, no, the country. Yeah, only for games. Yeah. But oh, sign that boy up for ten years, not five, because he is amazing. He's incredible. Well, that'll work. So I think Ol's got them drawing drawing up Sam Simpson's ten year contract, so they can just <laughs> change the name around them. <laughs> Front loaded as well. Just, just you're not denying it. Come on. <laughs> I thought you boys might be shedding a few tears. This game saw a few players, young promising stars for Geelong in the future, admitted. That are some of your little fan fan childs here at the club. Um, oh, your, your Sam Simpson fan club and Zach almost starting a, a Lockie Fogarty fan club of his own. <laughs> Both players admitted. We came in with Rowan, Cole Jasny returned, Jack Stephen returning at his old form club as well, played. A lot of people saying, well, why give Zach Guthrie, why give give Fogarty one, two games and then manage them. Why not give them an actual crack? It's horses for courses, is it not? 
in the end. You just you just pick the team that you think can win the game. And the players that play, I mean, earn, earn their spot, warrant their spot. Fogarty definitely didn't have a bad – he had career-best touches last, last week. But, yeah, but the, um, the game before, he had five disposals, and we were calling yeah, that so, out. So it is it – is Stepped up, up we and, called that out. It is up and down, yeah. It is a little bit up and down, but um, yeah, and 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 I know that you're raring to go to to come in and uh, and bat for Gary Rowan and defend him a bit. Yeah, uh, given that he uh, had such a given that he had such a huge impact on today's game, tonight's game. That's I I don't understand why I, I get the sentiments when you're playing North Melbourne. That's fine to play Lockie Fogarty. That's fine to play Sam Simpson. That's fine to play Zach Guthrie. That's fine to play James Parsons for me. <laughs> if you really want to play him, he's not going to be playing finals. Come on. I don't mind because it's North Melbourne. You put, we've got danger in there. We've got Selwood. We've got enough talent there to win, win up the game. So yeah, chug a th- three or four youngsters in, get a bit of blood, rest a few players. That's fine. When it comes to West coast, when it comes to Brisbane, when it comes to top four teams, for this game, St Kilda Road top four team, go for the game and go for the contested yeah. ball. Now, is Lockie Fogarty going to be a top contested ball winner right now, right here? Do you want to chuck him in the midst against what we have in Duncan, Manangola, Selwood, Dangerfield, amongst others? Cam Guthrie's arrived this year. That's five I've just named off the top of my head that are in the 22 and you cannot take them out. And you want to put, what, Fogarty in there? Or do you want to put them on the wing or somewhere? No. Put the best stars yeah. where you can and blood them when you can. We've seen Brad Close come out and play three games within 11 matches. Yeah. Who would have thought that? Blood them yeah. slowly. Now, yeah. This game wasn't yeah. won at the contested area. This game wasn't won in the midfield. It was won by pressure. Yeah. Gary Rowan had a superb game. Gary Rowan, uh, he's become... The Cam Guthrie of 2018. Gary Rowan is the whipping boy of Geelong. Yeah, he can be. He can be. At One week he, sure. he's the love child, and and then the next week everyone wants Rowan out of the team because they've looked yeah. at the stats probably and seen, oh, two disposals or four disposals, five disposals. It's the same thing with Tom Atkins' game. It doesn't work like that. You can't look at a yeah. pressure act on the on the AFL stat line and look, oh, he's had 13 yeah. pressure acts. He's played well. He played yeah. incredible. He set the tone. Look at the amount look at the amount of times look at the amount of times he nearly ran down the opposition or just the amount of like explosiveness that, that guy possesses. Because you look at um you look at the goal that Angerfield set up for him. Angerfield's effort to get that ball on the ground was sensational by the way and I knew that he would get it because you know he has that really quick explosiveness where he can get from basically the ground to his feet in one movement so I'm like he's going to get it here and he'll handball it off and that's what happens and then you've got Rowan running into an open goal if it's anyone but Rowan they get caught Mm. Rowan's able to turn and just explode and he's quick over that first five, 10 metres and then runs into the open goal and, um, you know, check size it through. And he's thinking, here we go, we're rolling now. 
16 disposals. It he could have had six goals realistically. He finished with four. An amazing display. One of the things that don't get highlighted by AFL stats are perceived pressure. Pressure yeah. acts is one thing. Perceived pressure is completely different. But perceived pressure is actually more important because that's what causes intercepts. That's what causes turnovers. That's what causes stoppages inside 50 for me. Gary Rowan is fantastic. People are talking about the game two weeks ago against West Coast. Gary Rowan, Gary Rowan only had, what, two touches, I think? Yeah, two it was touches, definitely five touches. Definitely much more quiet. Two, Two or four touches, extremely quiet. Why? We came out with a tactic to play slow and methodical and short, uncontested disposal mark to get it into a position where we can launch inside 50. And it worked for a period up until the third quarter when things shifted. That's not Gary Rowan's game. Gary Rowan's game is quick, get it in there fast, and him to go down, whether it's on the ground, loose ball, handball, or just one-on-one, get it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a far more chaotic player. Exactly. He's the definition. You like the ball going in there quick. You like those dirty balls, um, or the you know the dirty uh, kicks that go in there and roll around and kind of almost just uh, haphazardly kicked in there. You like you like those to. I mean, because you know that a player like Gary Rowan will be around to you know scoop scoop that up. Or that that's that's his like modus operandi. That's what he. Will do. Yeah, ex- exactly. And that's the tone, I guess. My frustration is that perceived pressure and things like those, you don't see from Tom Atkins. You don't see from Gary Ron because they're not recorded. So when you look at mm. four possessions a few weeks ago, oh, okay. Even knowing, even watching the game and even seeing the style of game and that tactics don't actually suit him when we play with a couple of big forwards. So when you played with Hawkins, no Sav, Rowan pretty much free to run against St. Kilda, who really, like Jake Carlisle, yeah, the veteran of the game, a young blood defensive side, this is really yeah. his game to just... Yeah, who, el- who else, who was on him? Who was on Gary Rowan, by the way? <laughs> as many people as they could, probably. <laughs> like Dougal Howard or... <laughs> exactly, yeah. But yeah. anyway, that that's enough, I think, me spouting and touting up Gary Rowan, I thought he was immense. Zach, we already talked about uh, Mark O'Connor and some of the back lines display. Hendo's been in the side for a fair few weeks now. It would be interesting. We said before this that uh, Sav's lack of inclusion in this game was a bit interesting. Sorry, I didn't want to interrupt that little love fest there about Gary Rowan, so I'll... I'll (laughs) Um, I had to mix it up. I've heard too much Sam Simpson, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on. Um, yeah, no, I was a little bit surprised as well. Look, you can understand, I think, why Sap was dropped, but I I would have played him. I think we could have stretched their defence a little bit more. Like Nathan Brown, since retired, they really only have one quality tall and Jake Carlisle qualities. Even debatable for him. you got Dougal Howard who can come down there, so. A little bit surprising, but I love what Hendo's brought. I mean, underrated defender for me. I reckon he's pretty smart again with his bodying and his timing and those sort of things. So I think he can add a lot. But sadly, I think if we are if we are squeezed a bit at selection, he seems to be one of the first at the moment to make way. So we'll have to wait and see how everything happens. And I think who we play, the the dynamics of the other team, I think will determine whether he plays or not currently. 
the quality of, of Henderson or the qualities of Henderson are what you get when you have experience over, over an extended career. Same with Harry Taylor. It's just he, that nous. He, he's a calm ball user as well. He doesn't yeah. panic. I think he's pretty composed. So hopefully around finals, he can come good on. And hopefully. we don't have to use the switch to Hendo at half forward this year. <laughs> Would be another good ball bar arrow with Garon fit, with Sav fit, with players with, fit. With Hawkins fit. not yep. suspended. <laughs> Around finals time would be nice. Let's <laughs> take a little bit of a break, boys, and then how about we talk about... Yeah, we'll get on to Tom Hawkins. Back in the Coleman debate. Get in love! 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 Tom Hawkins is now tied with Josh Kennedy from West Coast with 24 goals on top for the Coleman medal. Now, Tom's played 11 games. Josh played 10 games. Possibility there? Or is that a feat that probably maybe Tom won't achieve? Maybe due to his unselfishness, Zach? Ah, you can achieve it for sure. I've got to encourage him to be selfish from now on. When was the... Last time Geelong had a Coleman medal is so long ago. I think mid-1995, I reckon Gary Ablett Senior's last one would be the last time. So why not? He can be selfish and why why can't he win it? I mean, if it helps us win games, you want him kicking goals. He is the main forward. But he's in such good form. A lot of the commentators are saying like he's not only he's marking, but he's work around the ground, he's kicking him. I mean, it seems like every aspect of his game is sort of peaking right right at this moment. He's getting better with age, they keep saying, like a fine bottle of wine. A fine bottle of wine, yes. And yeah, why why can't he win it? I mean, and I mean, look, he should be further eggs. I mean, Kennedy and the Eagles, they're just, you know, they're playing every game in Perth. Of course, that's going to help them. They're just bullies. But Tommy's playing, you know, all over the place here, there and everywhere and all, all different grounds. He should be a couple of goals ahead. But, you know, regardless, uh, you know, the, it's pretty standard for him to... We're getting the two, three, four goals game for the last couple of years now. So he'll have a big game this week. Don't worry. As long yeah, as look, Tom Tom Papley doesn't get in the top three, I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> as you said, Zach, I think I've, I'm done with uh, my little love child conversation about Gary yeah. Ryan there. I've, I've said my piece. Um, great games from yeah, Stuart Hawkins with the bag of five along with. Uh, four from Chucky. Sam Menegola. Oh, it's been consistent all season. Oh. Leading disposal winner on the ground today. 26 touches. He's and the, two goals. Two goals. Just what a what a brilliant year. He's in, he's, in, he's in career best form. Even in the discussion for All-Australian selection. And also, no doubt, Jason Ferris. Possibility as well. I've never seen him play this consistent or this this well. Um, do you think that perhaps not having Ablett and not having Tim Kelly in the in the discussion or in the, the in the conversation or squad uh, has helped to kind of put a bit of extra pressure on 
Menegolic to kind of step up. I think we've made that point in previous episodes. It'd be more so Kelly than Ablett. I think Ablett played more forward rather than in the middle. So I reckon Kelly left a pretty big void when he left. And we've tried to, I think that's part of why Jack Stephen was probably brought in. But Menegola and Cam Guthrie, they've both sort of stepped up to the plate and lifted their game to another level. I mean, they're, they're bona fide A graders now for sure. Yeah, they're doing they're doing very well. They're, they're certainly um, demonstrating their, uh, their key players for us. I mean, look, Menegola is having such a good year. I mean, he could be like a top 10 polar in the ground line. He's got players. Yeah, possibly, because it play. is. He's having a brilliant year. Why not? It is. It is so, because he is so even across most of, the, most of the statistics when he has a good game. It's, you know, it's 20 plus touches, a couple of goals, a few pressure acts, Efficiency. a couple of marks. And, and some good efficiency as well. So, yeah, he's a very well-rounded, consistent player. Another reason for Fremantle just to be embarrassed by themselves as if they're <laughs> embarrassed about They just let him go and slip straight And Hawthorne too. Ugh, move on. <laughs> and Hawthorne as well. Yeah. yeah what is it? Uh, you know, their loss is our gain in, in a way. And yeah. the way they're playing as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be an interesting one, mate. If you cap the season at right now, where would you put the Kaji at? Would you give it to Meningola or would you give it to Duncan? Hmm, maybe, maybe close to top two. Or would you give it to your fan favourite uh, Gary Rowan? Would you give it to your fan favourite Sam Simpson? Or would you give? It- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our, our viewers can't see obviously our faces. Thank goodness, in my case, but Ollie's literally. After that comment, Ollie's just looked at, hang on, there's a debate. I thought Sam Simpson's just automatically number one. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm beaming. Beaming smile whenever Sam Simpson is mentioned in the uh, in the possibility of any sort of individual award. But um, yeah. yeah, but come on, you're, you're sounding like a politician now, too diplomatic. Who, who would you have, Duncan or Menegola? Like, I'll, I'll go that. I'd go Menegola, actually. I'd, I'd go Menegola. I'd have Duncan on us in disagreement. So go on. Why? What? I think I'm going to go more goals, I'd say. I think Duncan influences the game a bit more, I reckon. Just when you really need someone to stand up, I just reckon he's always there. I think Duncan's had more disposals, would be seen more by umpires. I think, yeah, he's disposal efficiency. He probably, he probably deserves right. he probably deserves a bit of a bit of credit. I mean, he's well, a I great know, like, player like, that... Like, like it doesn't it doesn't make sense per se, but just when when you feel like there's a time in a game and you think you know someone needs to stand up, just all the important moments he's always there or you know playing a part in some of the 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 plays, I guess. Not that Minigola yeah. is. I think it's yeah. I think it's more important though that when you've got Abbott out for an extended period and you've got our best contested ball winner just resting at full forward or has been out. Then who are the main two that have been in the last month battling for it with the contested ball? It's been Cam Guthrie who's had his best season in the hoops for his whole yeah. career, and Mitch Duncan. So it's a massive step up when you haven't really had Dangerfield and Selwood with you when Selwood has been out for a couple of weeks when he has been playing on the wing coming back. So. I think Duncan is a, a huge step up, not playing that kind of quarterback, halfback role, being a real bullish centre. 
So I'd give it to Duncan, but you're right. Menengola has just stepped up. And yeah, it's an interesting, interesting choice between the two of them because it's just, it, it's just fantastic to have the luxury to even talk about that right yeah. now. Would be this, uh, or Duncan. This season is, you know, possibly the making of these sorts of, these sorts of players. You know, that, that second tier that we were crying out for ages. Um, when it was only Selwood that would you know was the was the main man, even before Dangerfield, crying out for someone else to step up and you know who's going to be the next star for us. And it was, I mean, you could see that Duncan was probably going to happen eventually, but then it kind of fell away. So it's nice for these guys to now be genuine senior players and and they're and they're you know really staking their claim for being in the best 22 and being in the discussion for the, the top five of our midfield, I'd say. Zach, I want to get your thoughts on Jack Stephen, given that he played his former club and given what we've talked about him that in the recent weeks that he really needs to show some things with players like Fogarty, like Simpson, with Ablett coming back and what we do have, even danger resting in full forward. And Big Sav to come back and play there to show a really strong midfield display, which we've wondered for. What I wanted to see and uh, is him in the centre, him in the guts, him inside me. Yeah. Now, I was pleased to see him playing minutes at the right contests straight after goals. It was right there. Your thoughts? Yeah, look, as I said, I think... Th- yeah, he's got a bit to, to prove to me personally. But look, I mean, you look at his stats, 19 touches. Um, what, is, what has he got? 10 kicks, nine handballs, five marks. Not a bad game by any means. He would have wanted to lift, I think, against his against his old club for sure. Um, but look, a, a good positive step forward, but not going not gonna to get too carried away. But, but this is a good start. Good opposition as well, I think. So 19 quality disposals. Not like you're getting them against North Melbourne or someone like that to a lesser quality. You're getting them against a team that was in form. Yeah, well, again, look, you could play the under sixes and they could all get 19 against someone like North Melbourne or Adelaide. But coming up, St Kilda aren't too bad. So 19 quality touches, as I said. And I, I, hopefully you can build towards something. Look, I know a lot of people think I'm sort of dissing him, I guess, so to speak. I would love nothing more than for him to, to prove me wrong, for him to come out and have an absolute blinder and all means go for it. All I'm saying is I'm just I'm not convinced yet. Yeah. I don't want to see him resting. For the love of God, Scotty, don't rest him, please. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a, I mean, that's all right for you to have that, to make that call. It's a, it's a warranted call. And, and you're also right that you're well within your rights to say don't rest him. I can I could say that um, yeah I'm I'm content content with how he played. But look, uh, no. but but look, I completely agree with Ronan in that he's got to play in the guts, and it was great to see him in there because because that's where he plays his best footy. I mean, one of um, one of my good mates is a St Kilda supporter, long suffering St Kilda supporter, but he he said the same thing when he played his best footy. He was always in the guts, always in the middle of the ground, nowhere else. It was quite simple. So hopefully. Yeah. He's that bigger body. He's, back, he's not going to get pushed body. around. He's got, he's got those nice little bursts of speed and his ball use when he's on can be pretty good. So it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If he's playing well there, you keep him there. Yeah. Kept Jack Steele pretty quiet. 
feelings didn't do too much damage. The little young gun forwards are not young, but the likes of Dan Butler, Gresham, Billings weren't too much for Geelong up forward. Um, neither was Max King or the big boys either in Membry or Josh Battle. And down back, the likes of Caulfield, um, Carlisle were just exposed. So it was an all-around good performance for the Geelong. But I guess upcoming against Port Adelaide, it's a very different story. Um, this is one where you, if you want to get the four points, if you want to get the cherries, we're not talking resting players here too much. We're not talking inserting young blood for the sake of getting games here. Oleg Wines, Robbie Gray, Travis Boak, Charlie Dixon, Tom Rockcliffe, just to name a few. The list goes on. Young kids. There's no Rosie, Butters. Yeah. So much quality in that team. I think this is definitely the biggest test of the whole year, uh, the best team of the whole year, albeit a performance against Richmond a couple of weeks ago. So Friday night, thoughts here? Uh, resting, uh, changing the team, Zach? Is it needed? Uh, this, this is a simple game and this is a blockbuster game, as you said, this is... You'd nearly call this a finals rehearsal. This is a lockstock and barrel game. You play the best available team that you have, regardless. You need to, all the big guns are in there. I bet Dangerfield will probably start in the middle first and see how they go. So you pick the best available team. It's as simple as that. So Ollie's sitting there thinking, right, well, clearly Sam Simpson's going to be the first on the list of the years this week. We're going to have guns in ready to go. But yeah, pretty simple this week. Not a, as you said, not a week to be throwing out games or, you know, letting a couple of debutants in or something like that. You play your best. Yeah, we can't be too sentiment we can't be too sentimental. So it's 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 based on the it's based on the experience. It's based on that, you know, big game now. Like for instance, this week, I believe I heard in the call of the game there were thirty oh, sorry, seven thirty year old in Geelong's lineup. Or thirty plus. Yeah, so I, th- I think you'd see guys like Henderson, I think, would keep his place. Steven should be playing. You play your big, you play your experienced guys. Do you think you play Henderson for the sake of, I guess, like tonight, when you do have tall forwards in the opposition that, not that, not that Port Adelaide do, but you are holding an extra man down back? Or yeah, look. at the same time, Sav's sitting there. Look, hard one because you look at Port's forward line, there's a there's a few sort of yeah. little small forwards and a quick. So, again, I mean, he, he had a great game tonight, you know, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did go out, actually, as I said, depending on who Port Adelaide played but their side. They've got a one or two tools, but he could make way. They've just got some annoying ants up forward, don't they? Desma, they Butters, Rosé... Not quite the Richmond mould of the little fleet that we saw before, but just some annoying plucky players. Well, more than plucky, I'd say, man. They're, they're absolutely, some of them are silky. But um, it'll, it'll be a belter. It'll be a belter. I think, you know, we'll, we'll have to bring our best. And, you know, for the, for the neutral, for the state of the game, or, you know, for the, for the enjoyment of the game, you'd hope that Port Adelaide bring something close to a good performance as well and Geelong end up getting over the line. Uh, although, you know, in the uh, 
blue and white glasses on, you'd want cats to build them. But I'm not sure if that's going to happen. In my blue and white glasses, I'm thinking, all right, yeah, danger field in the centre. I don't want you full forward resting this game. Maybe at times when you're tired, but very limited. So danger, Duncan, Selwood, Manangola, Cam Guthrie, my big five. Yeah. I want them. You need them on fire, and that's going to be the key there. Having said that, we've seen danger for games now play extended minutes up at full forward without saving the team, putting him back into the midfield here. Uh, Selwood returning from a hamstring injury. Hasn't been the same to how he started the season. Slight change of position. I know Jack Stevens come in and playing more minutes in the centre as well. So And rotations here and there. But the forward line, I guess, did, uh, Hendo is an interesting one for me. Whether you keep him in with the little, um, little fleet of minions, pretty much. Whether you want to hold one back or whether you back in the likes of Jed Buse and Mark O'Connor and maybe swing back Zach Tui and mm. insert Sav or insert Sam Simpson. That's <laughs> <laughs> a small thought. Thoughts there, Zach? Maybe Hendo just to go out this game just knowing the lack of size and maybe swinging back Tui to counter some of, some of their small players and danger going back into the mid. All right, that leaves Talls in... Hawkins and Gary Rowan, if you want to call Gary Rowan at all. Does Hart come in or do we play the pressure ball and bring in a a Sammy Simpson? Sorry, I thought I was going to say something there. But anyway, um, (laughs) I think, um, as I said, it's a harsh call, but I think Hendo probably does make way. I mean, just given we've got some some small forwards, it's just not suited to, to his... Um, to his skills and attributes, I guess. So, but in terms of Tui, like I said, this is a game. I think you play everybody in their traditional position. So I'd be having Tui start back. I'd be having Dangerfield in the middle, in the middle, Stephen in the middle, and then just see how the game evolves. If we are getting a bit ahead, or if we do need to roll the dice, I think that'd be when you see Tui might go forward for five minutes, or you might play Dangerfield forward. But I think you start everyone where they in their traditional position where they're going to be best. So that'd be. Tui on a back flank, Dangerfield in the middle, no doubt. Stephen would be in the middle, no doubt. I'd be bringing Sav in personally. I reckon we could stretch them a little bit. What he lacks in certain areas, he's always going to create a contest. He's going to demand a man, follow him around and physically you know, be right there beside him. So I think I'd be I'd be bringing him in for sure. Sav, I think he can offer a little bit because Port, they got Tom Jonas down there who's... Who's a, a good player? He'd be going to Hawkins. So I reckon if we can get that second second um, tall in, we could stretch him a little bit. Laddams in the rock. Charlie Dixon, phenomenal year so far. Amazing player over his his career, really. Some other big boys there. Scott Lysett. So yeah, there are some tall timber there, along with Justin Westhoff, who didn't play. I actually don't know Justin Westhoff's status, whether he was managed or whether he was he's injured currently. But there's four players right there who can do some serious damage. So hopefully Stanley, Stanley will really be on his game. But mm. we can only speculate, I think, as to what lineups we'll put in given we're resting, well, clubs are resting and managing four to six players every single game pretty much until 
the latter part of the season. But against one, well, this is first in the ladder versus third in the ladder. Mm. I think not too many changes except maybe one or two. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. And like I said, they, these aren't going to be rested changes. I think it's either injury, injury or someone just someone comes back in and needs well, to come in. Tactical, yeah. Be, it'll be a pretty straightforward selection week, I think, no mucking around. Mm-hmm. Interesting match and maybe kind of a afterwards playing 12 rounds, a good judgment to see where we are, having played West Coast, having played Port Adelaide, having played Collingwood, not yet to play Richmond. Assessment of where we are currently, and I'm really glad that we did get over um, North Melbourne. Really, da- really glad because we would have been speaking about 2020 as a whole and really where we're going yeah. from here if we didn't get over those uh, those teams. And uh, Adelaide upcoming, that'll be one that you'll need to bank. That's the one to definitely insert. Sam Simpson, Lockie Fogarty, those types of players there. Give yeah. them minutes. Yeah, maybe even maybe even a Josh Jenkins against his old team. Yeah, he's fit enough. Would add a bit of spice to the uh, potentially dead rubber, and you know at that time of the year, particularly for Adelaide. And do yeah. we really want to? I know we're I know we're kind of looking ahead. But would we really want to, you know, add spice to a game and and give Adelaide reason to kind of get up for that game? I mean, isn't there already enough? Isn't there already enough spice? Don't yeah. If they don't, if they don't have, if they don't have motivation to win a game after after losing ten or ten straight or, or whatever it is, then they're um. If you look up in Barrison, North and Adelaide are coming up at the moment. They got they got enough to play for. And and you're right, Zach. There is enough spice in the paper talk. To, yeah, Dangerfield, old club. Uh, Josh Jenkins, what he said when he was at Adelaide, Dangerfield about. If you stayed here, maybe you could win a premiership and now Josh Jenkins on the same club. So even if he's not playing, there's still talk there. So yeah, there's enough there's enough to fuel the fire there. But first things first, this current Friday upcoming against Port Adelaide, um, the cream of the crop we've seen so far in 2020 under the bubble scenario. It's gonna be a tough one. Uh predictions and best on. Uh look, I think we'll win this game by Ten points. I think we'll just. I think we'll just get over the line. And my best, I think, Tom Stewart's going to have an absolute blinding game. All right. Well, I will go fourteen points to the Cats, and I'll go with Gary Rowan to have a big impact in the game because he's one of those confidence players, and when he's in form, he can usually string a couple of games together. So I'd like to see him uh, do that as much as possible. You know, the explosiveness, we, we harp on about it every week, but that's just what we love. That's He's the type of player that you like to go to watch. He's the type of player that you like to see in, in form. The absolute razor ray. You've just stolen mine. So <laughs> I'm going to have to think on the spot here. Um, we, think, we were talking a bit earlier about who would be uh, Kaji at the moment if we stop things at round 11 so I'm going to lock in uh, my man Mitch Duncan to get the job done and dictate the play whether it's fast whether it's slow whatever the tactics are wherever you go Jong yeah. by nine point sack 
Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, till then, go cats. Go, go cats. cats.